here to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today. Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 296th ever show of All Around Sports. For each Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net which comes to me through my website at iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Well, my highlight of the week is the Patriots, once and for all, eradicating the Denver curse with a resounding win last night over the Broncos. Uh... Denver has always been both the Patriots and Tom Brady's house of horrors. But last night, they exercised all those demons with a dominating win. It's been shocking to watch the fall of the Broncos as they lost their fifth in a row. And what did them in last night was special teams, uh, starting with a block punt right off the bat. Patriots get the opening kickoff, three and out for by that Bronco defense. They fumble the punt, and the route was on. It was just that simple. Deion Lewis had a kickoff return. Not something you see a whole lot of from the Patriots typically, but when you see it nowadays, it's Deion Lewis. He, of course, had one in the playoffs last year against the Texans. And uh, Rex Burkhead who caught a touchdown pass, also blocked a punt, totally smothered it. And then Tom Brady was Tom Brady and chalked up uh, another Brady-like game. Uh, Multiple touchdowns, lots of yards. Uh, He's just amazing. I've been saying for a couple of years that, uh, you know, don't ever take any Brady game for granted. Uh, and it just seems with each passing week, it's more and more important as he goes far beyond the age of 40 now, a few months in, yet he's just uh, maybe the best he's ever been. It's truly one of the great sports stories of our time, and additionally, one of the last kind of blotches on his sterling resume was just his performance through the years, out in Denver, but whatever psychological curse may have existed, I think last night that got, uh, got the Patriots got rid of that once and for all, and that's uh, a dangerous thing for the rest of the National Football League. So here we are, the Patriots who uh, got came out of the box kind of slow. Here they are at seven and two, tied with the Steelers atop the AFC, uh, and now the Patriots look like they're rolling. 
On the other hand, the Steelers, who are also obviously seven and two, uh, they don't look like they're rolling. Uh, they lost the Chicago Bears and also the Jaguars before we realized the Jaguars were actually going to be a good team this year. And the Colts basically led throughout the game yesterday. And the Steelers looked uh, uh, mystified at best. Uh, but then they do what good teams do, which is uh, get it going enough to win the game, which they just barely won at the last-minute field goal. And uh, so here we are again. Uh, mid-season, actually into the second half of the NFL, and who's atop the AFC? Same two teams that met in the AFC Championship last year up here in Foxborough. Steelers, Patriots, uh, the way the Broncos have been the uh, been a big problem for the Patriots through the years. Uh, certainly the Patriots have been exactly that and more to the Steelers over the years. So it's going to be fun to watch. I, of course, uh, grew up in Western PA, live here 20 minutes from Foxboro, so uh, I'm always happy to see those two teams at the top. Lots of other NFL highlights yesterday, especially in the late afternoon red zone window, which is simply mine and millions of others' favorite sports hour of the week, starting at around 3.30 Eastern time. And typically going till 4.30 or 5 Eastern time as the 1 o'clock games uh, reach their conclusion. There's just uh, no hour like it in sports television. Uh, as all the games are shown, monitored, and uh, handled beautifully by Scott Hansen at NFL Red Zone. But some of my take-homes from yesterday were the... Uh, you know, the Titans comeback win over the Bengals, Marcus Mariota, and the Titans looking good, and they play the Steelers in Pittsburgh this Thursday night. That could be a good matchup. Thursday night matchups this year have been great, by the way. Uh, the Saints and the Rams domination over the Bills and the Texans, respectively, was just remarkable to watch. Uh, the Saints are back uh, from their... Super Bowl years of just a few few years back, and now they look like they have a defense and a running game to go along with Drew Brees, and they just went into Buffalo, who's had been having a good season, and just trounced them yesterday, and the Rams, uh, you got to love the Rams. I mean, they just are simply a terrific team. There is no other uh, way to say it at this point. Uh they're dominating teams, and Jared Goff looks great. The defense is excellent. Todd Gurley's a beast, and it's time to really, truly take them seriously. Uh, and finally, congratulations to the 49ers on their first win yesterday over the hapless New York Giants. How the mighty have fallen. Sticking with the NFL, my... Uh, you know, my low light of the week is the Jaguars' crazy overtime win over the Chargers. Again, watching on Red Zone uh, late yesterday afternoon into the early evening, I might add. Uh, it just was a comedy of errors where it seemed like neither team really wanted to win. And in fact, we're doing everything humanly possible to give it away. Uh, back and forth. 
crazy taunting penalties uh, and turnovers. It was just incredible to watch. But the Jaguars, uh, you know, despite all their issues, not to mention, and fortunately for them, the Chargers were having similar issues. Uh, but the Jaguars just look, uh, they look solid. The defense is for real. Saxonville and uh, Blake Bortles, uh, truly uh, the quarterback of ups and downs. Uh, haven't seen anything like it recently. Um, so that was very, very entertaining uh, to say the least, um, but can't quite remember a game where both teams on multiple occasions through the fourth quarter and overtime uh, were seemingly almost, it, it felt like, it looked like, you know, they were literally trying to give it away with just uh, uh, penalties and turnovers. And my... Last NFL note is I wrote a story on NFL Player Engagement website, uh, www.nflplayerengagement.com, one word, uh, on Tampa Bay Bucks defensive lineman Clinton McDonald talking about fatherhood. Uh, so feel free to go on the website and check that one out. And uh, also getting to my bizarre story of the week. Uh, it's the UCLA China situation. The three UCLA players arrested for shoplifting. Uh, apparently the next morning they got quite the rude wake up call as Chinese police stormed into their room and, uh, basically rousted them out of bed. And, uh, it's been a bad week since then, but it took an even, uh, more bizarre turn with Donald Trump, our president, of course, being over in China. And apparently he actually, not surprisingly to me, I wasn't shocked to hear this, but uh, he actually, you know, talked with the Chinese leader about trying to get this situation resolved. And uh, we'll see where it goes. But the world of sports and politics intermingle yet again. So now let's take our break, and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine, where we have a lot of college football to discuss, so don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Join Matt Fish and Alex Clancy every week for Rebound Radio. We'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started, their rise to the top of the game, how basketball has changed their lives, and what they're up to now. Just like the game itself, you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime. There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You won't want to miss the next show. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, John. Great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you, as always, for joining us. And I was thinking of you a lot on Saturday evening as I watched that amazing Alabama-Mississippi State game from Stark Vegas down in Mississippi. And AP, I don't know when I've been more impressed with an Alabama victory, and that's saying a lot since they churn out impressive victories on a weekly basis for the last number of years. Uh, But if ever a game had the look of an upset, it was that game. And yet Alabama just turned it on uh, at the precise moment they had to turn it on, which was the last five minutes of the game. Yeah, John, they were tested by uh, a tough Mississippi State team uh, coming off a, a physical game against LSU. The Bulldogs always present a challenge, especially over in Starkville. Right. They have those bells ringing in a timely fashion. They're loud. They, yes. they do a very good job with game management with the crowd, and they make a lot of noise. And uh, Alabama, they were just... Uh, beside themselves at the beginning part and really into the third quarter, Mississippi State knocked them around on the line of scrimmage and uh, was overpowering, and Alabama was having a tough time stopping their run. No doubt about it. Uh, yeah, I've watched you know, a fair amount of games from Mississippi State uh, on TV, but I don't ever remember noticing the cowbells as much as I did on Saturday night. It must be wild to watch and to listen to in person. Yeah, it really is, John. It's extremely different than any other football game you might attend because right. that, that tinny that sound of those bells is just constant. And uh, you could hear it through the glass uh, in the press box and you can hear it outside the stadium. It's unbelievable. Yeah, well, I'm partial to cowbells, AP. I grew up in a big family and that's how we were beckoned to dinner, which was the cowbell. So every time I hear it, it reminds me of my childhood where my mother would lean out lean out the, the back door and ring the cowbell and the six kids would come from wherever they were at to dinner. And uh, it was a, a nightly occurrence. So it was, a, it was a real throwback for me, especially on Saturday night because they were so loud. Uh, but, you know, it was interesting also that uh, for the fir- first time, for whatever reason, you know, they were constantly late in the game showing Jalen Hurts' parents 
watching the game. Uh, father looks very intense. Um, uh, it was just something I hadn't seen much of before, but the camera was on them, you know, constantly. And the reason is very simple. Jalen Hurts, I thought it might have been his finest, finest pressure moment ever, you know, at Alabama. I mean, you would know better than me, but boy, the, I, I just thought what he did, some of the plays he made in those final few minutes when it could have, they could have easily lost with even one wrong moment. Uh, I thought Jalen Hurts was amazing to watch at the end. You know, John, if uh, you recall last year in the championship game, he didn't play particularly well throughout, but when he was called upon at the end of the game, he led his team to the go-ahead touchdown. Now the game ended with one second to go, and he didn't have a chance to get back on the field. So I think that Jalen has always been cool and poised during those situations as it was in the Clemson game, and he adds to his legend by coming back against Mississippi State and leading his team to the winning touchdown. I mean, he just is, is something to behold when he's on the field. He doesn't get rattled, he, he, and he also commands the troops, uh, commands yep. his team with authority, and they follow him. Uh, he, I mean, that's the way it's been ever since he arrived on campus. For some reason, they have taken to that demeanor, and they all look to him for leadership. Yeah, and that's what really came across to me. I've watched him a number of times, like we all have, and you've watched probably just about every one of his games. Uh, but the and maybe it was the moment, the situation he was in uh, on the road uh, with a team that had upset in their eye, and uh, you know whether it was with his legs, his poise, his decision making, or of course some of the passes he threw uh, at the very end to Calvin Ridley, among others. Uh, I, I was just blown away. I mean, it, it wasn't surprised. It just seemed like he reached a new level at the end of that game that he hadn't been to before, despite the fabulous career he's had in, what, a season and a half, right? Yes, I think so. What you mentioned, John, being on the road with the, the partisan crowd pulling for the Bulldogs, that's something different than being in the championship game where the tickets are split 50-50. So it's, it was you know, noisy and loud and, and just difficult to hear. And, and I know that he mentioned something that Calvin Ridley, who played fabulous in that game and all season, matter of fact. Oh, yeah. He, suge he suggested a route, and he had to convince Calvin to just, just trust me and, and follow my plan, and we'll, we'll be fine. And, and he did. Yes, yeah, so I think it's pretty obvious that Calvin Ridley is now uh, yet – the latest in a long lineage of Alabama receivers, Julio Jones, uh, Amari Cooper. I'm sure there's many more. We could go on for a while, but those are the two recent ones that come to mind that are superstars in the NFL. And Calvin Ridley's right there with them. Uh, with, you know, he, he, in my mind, he seems like he's the best receiver in the country uh, based on what I saw you know, so far this season and especially the other night, you know, and I base that on, you know, making the big play when it absolutely positively has to be made. Yeah, John Calvin, he has a chance to break Amari Cooper's career reception record. Amari's, I think it's 228, I believe it is. So Calvin is moving up the, 
the uh, list, and uh, if things go well for him, he could be the new leader at Alabama, which, I mean, everybody knows how productive Amari was uh, in his sure. career at Alabama. Yo, is Calvin Ridley a junior? He's a junior, so I would think he'd probably be coming out after this season. Oh, I agree. I agree. He's certainly NFL worthy, uh, to say the least. Uh, well, AP, Alabama, I expect tomorrow night we'll be back in familiar territory, which is undefeated, number one team in the nation again, uh, after Georgia got trounced. And I do mean trounced. Uh, thank goodness, by the way, for the Alabama game. I mean, I was settled in on Saturday night, excited for all the big games, you know. Saturday afternoon and evening, Auburn, Georgia, Miami, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, TCU, throw in Clemson and Wisconsin as well. And I thought, you know, here we go. These should be some great games. But in reality, the only great game was the Alabama game, in my mind, as far as drama. Um, But, yeah, so now after Auburn's impressive performance, which you basically called for all intents and purposes, in my mind, on a uh, you've you've been well aware of what Auburn's capable of, and boy, they showed it all on Saturday Saturday afternoon by just drubbing uh, Georgia in Auburn. John, I was not surprised by this by the outcome, but I was surprised by the margin of victory for sure. I never thought Correct. Auburn would put forty points on a pretty good Georgia defense, but it looked like they weren't ready for prime time. And they were exposed. Now they have a chance to regroup, and uh, you know they have a lot to play for. And then a few the coming weeks, I think it's Kentucky and Georgia Tech, and then they're in the SEC championship game, whether it be Auburn or Alabama. So I believe they can still get back into the playoff race, but that's that's a very difficult defeat uh, because of the nature of, of the win. But Georgia is a you know good football team, and you know Kirby Smart, you're the leader. Let's see what can happen with his his group. Yes. So let me just ask you: Are, are they still pretty much in the driver's seat to get to the SEC championship game at this point? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Georgia on the eastern side, they have won that, and then Alabama and Auburn. It it comes down to that Iron Bowl for the Western Division. Oh, okay, so Georgia's already won it. Okay. Yeah, Georgia's already won that side. Okay. So, I mean, you know, I don't know why they played so poorly on Saturday. I mean, you have to be able to overcome a fumbled punt, let's say. I mean, there's a chance for you, but it just was more than that fumbled punt. Right. Oh, yeah. No, it got the snowball going, I think, a little bit. and. Yes. Yeah. Well, we see a lot of that, AP. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, Somewhat similar with the Miami Notre Dame game, and I got to tell you, AP, me, oh, you know, credit to Miami, what they did was awesome. Um, but it's like, you know, I was watching that game, Notre Dame didn't show up, and it just reminded me of that BCS national championship game. Remember that BCS, uh, you know, against Alabama when Notre Dame didn't show up? I thought it was like identical. I it was, you know. As soon as the route was on, I, I found myself thinking of that. So, boy, I think myself and a whole lot of other people are not going to trust Notre Dame in these big games anymore. Yeah, John, I, my question all the time, we spoke of this in the past, how good is Notre Dame defensively? 
And right. I just, I was just as, so surprised when I kept checking the score. I said, no, it couldn't be right. But sure enough, Miami and their, their quarterback, John, believe it or not, is from Mobile, Alabama, Miami. Is that right? Okay, yeah. Malik Rozier. That's right. He's from he's from Mobile. So there'll be some interest if Alabama is uh, fortunate to be in the playoff and compete against Miami. Yes, yes. Uh, well, you know, I've always been a fan of Mark Richt. Just something about his demeanor. Always liked the Georgia teams he coached for years. And, boy, what he's done in uh, such a short time at the U is incredible. I mean, the U is back. Uh, as of Saturday night, there can be no disputing it. Uh, you know, it was just great to see, you know, Hard Rock Stadium rocking. And I mean rocking. And just the buzz being back. I used to love Miami games from the Orange Bowl. Never been a big fan of the team, per se. But, uh, you know, never missed those big games from the Orange Bowl when the U was winning their five national championships. So, I'm glad to see him back. You know, college football is better off when they're around. Yeah, I think, John, as you mentioned, you always appreciate talent, but you're not too pleased with the antics. So, Correct. you know, they have tremendous, tremendous players, but the, the uh, theatrics on the field, off the field, I can do without. Me too, but, you know, it makes them, you know, more dislikable. They're, they're, they're quote, the villains of college football, and, me being a Penn State guy, of course, I, you know, to this, one of the great nights for Penn State fans ever was, of course, 1986 when they beat Miami uh, in the uh, Fiesta Bowl to win the national championship. Uh, that was the Jimmy Johnson, Vinny Testaverde team. And, uh, you, you know, a lot of chatter over Catholics versus convicts, but. That really the all-time good guy versus bad guy team thing was that '86 national championship. If you think about it, yes, yes, they had the, the fatigue uniforms exactly. coming off the jet. Uh, they landed in Arizona, and so right away they they set up that that uh, persona, and yeah, so Jerome obviously, Brown. you know, yeah, Jerome Brown. People are going to root for Penn State that game because yeah. You know, I mean, it's a college football game. It's a college it was. football game. That's, you know, that's that's the extent of it. It wasn't, uh, you know, you, you try to have that similarity and, you know, connect it to the to soldiers. I mean, I think it leaves a little to be, to, uh, you know, a lot to be desired, let's say. Yeah, well, it was funny with all the, uh, you know, hype before the BC or the Miami-Notre Dame game. They kept showing all kinds of films from, quote, Catholic versus convicts history, yet included among that was, indeed, that exact clip of them walking off the plane uh, to play Penn State, not Notre Dame. Uh, I won't go as far as calling it false advertising, but, you know, I loved it every time I saw it, and... uh, But I always remember about that game, and in addition to the obvious, was that was the day that I bought a, a quote, VCR. Remember those? <laughs> so the first thing I ever taped in my life was the uh, was that famous game in the Fiesta Bowl in, hard to believe now, 1986. But uh, anyway, I'm glad to have the U back. Yeah, they're, in, they're officially in their first ever ACC championship game. Against Clemson, I believe, correct? 
it should think, be a good, I think it's a good official. game. It should, should be a good ball game. That could be a great game. You know, ACC's had a pretty good year. Um, but anyway, uh, speaking of the ACC, we want to get to them a little bit more. Uh, you know, talk maybe a little more about that Miami Notre Dame game and also Clemson. Uh, but right now, it's time for our first break. So why don't we do that? And we'll get to some more college football on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. If you think you've seen online TV before. Let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now... Back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. Join the show. The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., we're talking as usual, college football uh, we already covered the Bama win over Mississippi State, talked about the Miami uh, pounding of Notre Dame. And before we leave that game, that turnover chain thing has really taken off, huh? It's just amazing what a, what a, you know, what a rally point that has become for the Hurricanes. Yeah, oh yeah, the Miami, I mean, they're, they surprised everybody this season by you know, going undefeated. I mean, Florida State was, we were all talking about them, myself included, that if they lost that Alabama game, they could play their way back to the to champion or the college football playoffs. But Miami's taken over, and they haven't looked back since they played a tight ball game in Tallahassee. Um, Malik Rogier made that fabulous pass, you know, right in between the defender and got it to the receiver and on that edge there. So they've been just destined to be winning. Well, you're right, AP, and it's so funny you'd mention that because I watched that game live, that ending of the Miami-Florida State game, and uh, that just shows how close these the margins is. I mean, they really pulled one out there at the end up there in Tallahassee, and 
you know, without that, Saturday night isn't happening in Miami for sure at, at Hard Rock Stadium. So, uh, I, again, credit to them. They, they, they did what they needed to do in Tallahassee, and uh, now they've clearly reached the next level. They're undefeated. Amazing. And, you know, I hope they get their due. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I, I'm a big fan of, you know, you're undefeated, you're undefeated, you know, which is another way of saying, uh, you know, Miami and Wisconsin were both below with a number of one-loss teams. I think that's going to change tomorrow night. Uh, but, you know, I expect Miami to be in the top four. I expect Wisconsin will probably be five, um, and they'll be below a one or one or two one-loss teams. So, yeah, I'm not a fan of that. I just think if you're undefeated, that just is, is that's the trump card. And you know, they're good. Wisconsin's good. Beating that Iowa team the way they did really impressed me. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that John, when you reassess the situation right now Miami just drubbed Notre Dame and Georgia went to Notre Dame and won by a point then Georgia turns around and Auburn beats them up uh, at Auburn so how do you compute all these things to figure out who should be two three and four let's see I mean I, I think Alabama will be number one in the poll um, you know because they Mississippi State on the road, and the selection committee really values road victories. But Miami, I mean, that is so impressive what they did to Notre Dame after yes. Georgia struggled to win the game in, in the closing seconds. Oh, correct, correct. Uh, up in South Bend, you're right. I watched that too. And uh, yeah, I. it feels like it's probably going to be obviously Alabama number one, then I'm guessing uh, Clemson, Oklahoma, and Miami would be my guess for the other three. And Clemson, you know, time to give Clemson some love. They've now, you know, with Deshaun Watson lighting it up in the NFL before his injury, I mean, he was kind of the program, certainly the leader. But now they're here they are on the other side with that tremendous defense, excellent quarterback, succeeding Deshaun Watson, and... uh they're suddenly not—they're not Alabama, but they're suddenly like a, you know, a perennial college football playoff top four team in the country now. I mean, they—they they are the elite of the elite, uh, and I expect you know that's why them in Miami will be you know a great ACC championship game. So again, it's—it's it's pretty impressive what Clemson has done to get to where they are, which is now. Arguably, right behind Alabama, if you go the last three, four, five years, is like the team. Yeah, Clemson, I think what changed for them, John, was the ability to bring in big people that could move on defense on on the line. Yep. Because that's been the separation for Alabama, I think, through the years. They've had a good offensive line, excellent defensive line. So that puts them in a different category. A lot of teams are better offensively than Alabama. You know, have all the skilled people, great quarterbacks, but when they face Alabama and that off and that offensive and defensive line is just punishing you, you know, keeping Alabama on the field with long drives and getting you off the field with their big people, 
uh, disrupting the quarterback, that's that's the key, I believe, for Alabama's success. Oh, no doubt about it. Um, and one game we haven't even talked about is Oklahoma. Um, you know, I believe that they look like the best offense in the country. They simply look unstoppable uh, at this moment in time, the last couple games. And, uh, you know, and earlier in the season when, uh, of course, they went into Ohio State and took care of business there. So high-powered offense, Baker Mayfield is clearly – uh, emerged as the top Heisman contender. Uh, he, he's got a real edge to him, which which I love. I think it's great. Uh, but yeah, Oklahoma. Uh, they are certainly... I mean, if I had to sit here right now and pick the national championship game, that's the game I'm picking is Alabama versus Oklahoma. And John, Oklahoma could win this championship and set a record for surrendering the most points, probably. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. I knew their defense. As the the champion, yeah. Wow. I mean, I knew their defense wasn't their strength, obviously, because their offense is so, so impressive. But, uh, wow. Um, I didn't know their defense, uh, you know, had that many issues. Yeah, John, the last time I calculated, and I haven't done this in a few years, but Auburn, I think, was the first team have a championship by giving up over 300 points. Wow. And, 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 that, and I went back to the 1936 Associated Press poll. And, and the, before that, I think LSU had given up around 270 when they won a title, one of Les Miles' teams, I believe. Okay. All right. Well, it's going to be interesting. And again, just, you know, to round it out, uh, you know, it feels like the last team is – you know, the number five team, I'm guessing, will be Wisconsin, who, again, you know, for them to come out and beat Iowa, a very, very, and always good Iowa team, uh, pretty impressively on Saturday up in Madison. Uh, that says a lot about them. They're undefeated. They're in the Big Ten. Uh, they're generally, you know, being disrespected up till now. I expect that's going to continue tomorrow night when they're not in the top four. But they're going to have their chances as well, one would think, uh, even though the Big Ten East teams are, none of them look impressive, including, you know, Penn State, Ohio State. What they did to Michigan State the other day was pretty shocking. Michigan State coming off their win over Penn State. So they're just, they're all beating each other up over in the East. So there's a chance that, go ahead. No, no, John, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, just there's a chance that, you know, Wisconsin's going to face uh, not an overly impressive team with a great record in the ace, in the Big Ten championship game, uh, which would then bring us to the big point AP of can you leave a, a Power Five, let alone a Big Ten conference champ who, hap- who may be undefeated out of the college football playoff? Yeah, I mean, can you have if Alabama continues or somebody from the SEC, let's say, uh, maybe in Miami uh, and Clemson square off one of those teams, then you have, I would say, Oklahoma right now. So, you know, Big Ten teams, you know, the Pac-12 is, I believe, out of the picture. I don't think Notre Dame can recover. Oh, no, they're uh, done. You know, no one's going to get that game out of their mind. 
No, no one get that out. So, you know, you have the, the SEC, the uh, ACC, the Big 12, and then I, I believe it leaves the room for, uh, you know, Wisconsin to go undefeated and be that, that fourth team. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's... Or you're 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 right, and, and this is where you get that things are going to work themselves out, uh, simply because uh, Miami and Clemson are going to play each other. So the winner will probably stay in the CFP top four, and the loser will be done, and then that, that's where we'll get Alab or Wisconsin into the playoff. Sound about right to you? Yeah, it sounds. And then if you look at John, what happens if Wisconsin? loses a close game, right, to a couple lost team from the other side. And what happens if Miami is a, a close loser to Clemson? Clemson has that one loss. Miami has that one loss. Um, let's say in Alabama or the SEC championship, they're going to get in. And uh, you have Oklahoma, maybe. Do, do you consider taking Wisconsin with a close loss in the championship game instead of taking instead of taking Ohio State or Penn State or some other team, because that's what happened when you're right. Ohio State didn't win, the, which is last year, I think, was they didn't win the, the title, and they took uh, Penn, uh, you know, Penn State. They took, uh, they took Ohio State over Penn State in the tournament. Correct, despite Penn State winning head-to-head and Penn State winning the Big Ten Championship. So tough to tell, but it, it could be headed towards chaos, as everybody likes to say. Um but right now it feels like, you know, and again, there's still a lot of football that yet to be played. We haven't even talked about. I'm sure you have to be pretty excited about now for the uh, for the Iron Bowl. Alabama versus Auburn is suddenly looking, uh, has epic game potential where it just, as of, you know, Saturday evening at 7 p.m. when Auburn walked off the field, first thing I thought, and I'm sure you too, was, wow, here we go with the Iron Bowl looking potentially awesome as it often does. The SEC could not have planned it any better. Correct. The game's in Auburn, right? At Auburn. That's correct. At Auburn. Yes, there is. That is, uh, it has the potential to be the best game between, well, the, they always play great games. I was, I was thinking of the Cam Newton game, but then there's other fabulous games, including the famous kick six game. So, yeah, those two get it on like no other. So, uh, yep. Right now, it's suddenly shaping up as the game of the year, and uh, and you know I'm sure you're already excited for it, AP, right? Oh yeah, I mean the CBS they must be thrilled beyond belief to have that game uh, the final weekend of the conference, and they're able to broadcast Auburn playing Alabama. It's at Auburn, which means that Alabama will be on edge because it's different when, different when you're playing over there on the plains. That they're very loud and boisterous, and they have a good crowd. And and uh, as know, we Alabama saw on Saturday, it's going to be yeah. I mean, on Saturday afternoon, they're going to be severely tested because Jarrett Stedham's playing well, and the defense. You see, they rose to a different level on Saturday against Georgia. They have an All-American kicker, so it's one of those games where you better tighten your chin strap. Yes, well, we saw what the Auburn crowd can do on Saturday versus Georgia. And the most important factor, I'm assuming you agree, would be AP. You know, Now Auburn comes into that game with confidence. 
I mean, they just trounced the number one team in the country at home. And now they're going to face the number one team in the country at home. <laughs> and the Saturday after Thanksgiving, right? A week from this Saturday? Right. And, John, who could say they, they were going to have a chance to beat the number one or two teams in three weeks? Exactly right. Yes. Well said. That, that, that's just like, wow. Uh, that, that pretty amazing. So, if you know, you have to look at that and you have to suddenly look. If, if Auburn could somehow sneak in, do an end run, shall we say, into the Final Four, if they ever pulled off that miracle. Uh, well, AP, again, it's uh, another quick segment. So much to talk about these days. But uh, why don't we take our final break and we'll wrap up a few more things on the other side. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on The Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now... Back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. Back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing, in keeping with our theme of college football, is Michigan at Wisconsin at noon Eastern Time this Saturday. Of all the top four or five teams in the country, that seems to be uh, the best game of the lot. Uh, you know, we'll know a little more about Wisconsin. We found out a little more about them when they beat Iowa. We'll find out a little bit more when they play Michigan this Saturday. Uh, so it should be fun, AP. Uh, you know, Michigan has not quite turned into what they thought we thought they might become. But there's a lot of that going around, especially in the Big Ten East, right? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Michigan, they still have to, I think, bring in more talent, John, that from what I can see, the, the few times I've had to just take a, a peek. Right, right. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, a few people are going to be, uh, you know, depending on how the season sort of plays out and whatnot, I, I, I've got to assume that the 
Michigan uh, people are not overly thrilled. Yes, yeah, right now, I mean, if they can, you know, upset Wisconsin and, uh, you know, beat Ohio State, that might change the course of their opinions, you know, but right now, I don't think there's, there's much talent as some of those other top teams in that league and, and other teams around the country. I mean, they, they beat Florida early, and, you know, that which would look, they thought that was a good win, but, you know, you saw Florida's really depleted offensively, can't score, but, so that was a, you know, big, big win for them. Yeah, one other game that we didn't have a chance to talk about, but worth noting uh, and it often happens to those poor West Coast teams uh, with, with we Eastern media is uh, <laughs> Stanford beating Washington. You know, that, that game result, as it often does, flew under the radar. Um, but now, you know, Washington, who went to the playoff last year, uh, you never know in this crazy season how they might have, like, snuck in. Uh Given other teams above them getting beaten, uh, but now I think they're they're pretty well finished as well. It feels like a lot of teams are finished, which makes you believe that this could end up with a two team, two lost team actually getting in this year for the first time. That might happen, John. That scenario could very well occur. I think that Stanford has a chance to win it on one side. They would face USC, I believe. Right. Um. Yeah, and by the way, you know, speaking of you know USC, how the mighty have fallen there too. When you think about where they were, right? Just uh, Sam Darnold. Uh, you know, they haven't been what we thought they were going to be. A lot of that going around. No, he, no, no, he didn't play well this season, John. A lot of turnovers. The defense was not up to the challenge to overcome. Uh, all those turnovers and interceptions, and I mean, it it, it it makes it tough if if you don't have a defense and your quarterback's giving the ball away. Uh, most teams cannot survive that that type of football. Exactly. Hey, AP. You know, I'm looking at the AP top twenty-five. Pretty interesting. Um, and, uh, not that there's only one poll that matters. We know which one it is tomorrow night, but. Yes. Uh, I just hadn't seen this. Alabama, number one. Miami, number two. Oklahoma, three. Clemson, four. Wisconsin, five. But number six, Auburn, which is like, just to follow up what we were saying earlier, that Auburn made a nice leap. Well-deserved. They beat the number one team in the country. But like, wow, I just didn't realize they would jump that high. And uh, yeah, so Auburn... uh, is now squarely in the mix. They, they, they've got a lot to play for. That's the real message. Oh, oh yeah, they're in a position to be the two-loss team that, that automatically gets into the playoff. There's no question if you beat Alabama and Georgia and you played Clemson close on the road, I'll emphasize that on the road, that's very impressive. Right. I watched that game. Clemson defense was all over Jared Stedham that night. Um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. But, yeah, as I look here at this poll, and just to wrap it up, Georgia 7, Ohio State 8, Notre Dame 9, Oklahoma State 12, uh, or 10 from 12. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a wild couple of weeks. Uh, it looks like, you know, not, not the greatest matchups, as I said. Uh, 
the best matchup to me this weekend is Michigan Wisconsin, followed by you know this week weekend, and then uh, the following week will be the big one to say the least uh, with Alabama Auburn. So yeah, the more I look at it, AP, that's just setting up for the game of the year, as it as it often is. Yeah, I mean the thing about. Uh, let's say I'm looking at the Oklahoma State team. I mean, they can score with anybody. And so that, that Oklahoma State versus Oklahoma game, that could be the day who has the hottest hand, I believe, the quarterback with the hottest hand and does not make the turnover. Just that one additional turnover could be the margin of victory. Correct. And you talk about, you know, again, the way that Miami won at the end against Florida State, how you know, how minuscule the margin is. Uh, and, you know, they took that opportunity and, and ran with it. And, yeah, I mean, it was just a week ago that that fabulous Bedlam game, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. I mean, <laughs> obviously, Oklahoma State could have beat Oklahoma in that game. That goes without saying. It's like, it reminded that was like an NBA game where it was just, you know, <laughs> everything that happens before doesn't matter. It all gets decided in the final minute. Right, right. Reminds you of an old ABA game, you know, so high hey, scoring. Right, You're right, George McGinnis. <laughs> exactly. Three pointers. I mean, yeah, I forget the final score of that game, but it was something like sixty-two to fifty-seven or whatever. Uh, at some point, I you stop counting. Six, yeah, I think it was sixty-two fifty-two, John. Oh, okay. All right, close enough. Um, yeah. Well, AP, it's it's really going to be fun. Um, and Alabama, I see, is playing Mercer this weekend. That that struck me as, uh, yeah, surprise. I wasn't even yeah. You know. Yeah, it's unbelievable, John. They make people pay to watch that game. Mercer actually played at Auburn earlier in the season and gave him a pretty good ball game. Believe it or not. Oh, really? Yeah. Ah, well, yeah I can't maybe. remember the exact score. You can check it out, though. But uh, they're from Macon, I believe, Macon, Georgia. And so they just come across the state line over to West Alabama, and they've already been to East Alabama. So the, the for the folks in Montgomery, we'll love them for visiting the state twice. All right. That reminds me of that Utah State basketball team. That uh, I think that's what they are. Um, <clears throat> some team from Utah just started their basketball season by playing uh, Kentucky, and Duke back to back over the weekend, so uh, they they were calling it the toughest start uh, for any team in the history of college basketball, and and they may be right, but it was again like a obscure team. But AP, hard to believe we're already at the uh, at the end uh, of our show. It always goes so quickly. Um, but thanks again, as always for your great input and uh, you know it was wonderful to uh, get your perspective especially on the Mississippi State Alabama game well, thank you John it's always my pleasure I really have enjoyed it excellent and uh, as always thank you all for listening to All Around Sports and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at 1pm Eastern Time
Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. And we'll talk sports again next week.